0: Before we dive in today, I want to invite you to join me at Clever.fm, a place for us to have a discussion and exchange ideas about this podcast. I'll be there to answer your burning questions and the topics we cover today. The guest will also be there to help continue the dialogue. After listening to this episode, don't forget to meet us at Clever.fm forward slash Haas. There's a link in the show notes.
1: Welcome to the One Haas Podcast. I'm Chris Kim. Today, we have Stanley Lamb, Berkeley Haas MBA and Senior Technical Product Manager at Amazon. Stanley is an experienced business and technology professional with experience in engineering and product management. At Haas, Stanley was a Dean's Fellow as well as the VP of Careers for the Haas Technology Club. Stanley, welcome and great to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm super excited to be on here. Yeah, Stanley, I'm super excited. We were classmates in the MBA program, Evening Weekend, and uh, really interested to hear your story, just so many awesome parts of it. We'd love to start with maybe your background. You studied mechanical engineering in undergrad and grad school, and then you came to Haas for the MBA program. Could you share, you know, where did you grow up and how did you pretty much graduate from every major college in the state of California?
2: Yeah. So that's interesting. My, my wife has been always joke about like, I'm just collecting diploma. across (laughs) across <laughs> California, <laughs> but so I'll start with, I actually, I was born and, and raised in Hong Kong and when I was 15, I moved to the United States kind of by myself. Mm. So I actually moved to a uh, high school in Missouri oh, okay. of nowhere. I still couldn't figure out why that decision would make <laughs> to, to go to Missouri out of everywhere. But that was like, uh, I would say that was like a pivotal moment. Like, cause I was super young and it was, I was only 15 and I moved from like a major city in Hong Kong that kind of have mm-hmm. everything in your fingertip and moved to a place like literally in the middle of cornfield. Oh, wow. Of, and it's interesting. They actually have like a boarding high school there about like maybe 200 to 300 people like the whole school and almost like one third or half of it is like international students. So I got exposed to like just people that born and grew up in everywhere in, in the world, like in Africa, Europe, Asia, and just get, that was like one of the experience I had. And I spent four years there, that four year high school. And that kind of changed me from like really independence and just doing, cause my family is still in Hong Kong, even until today and then college I got I made it to UCLA and then I thought that's time for a change enough for all this like rural area without good internet and all that kind of stuff. So I moved to um, UCLA for my bachelor mechanical yeah. engineering.
1: Stanley, you know, it's a amazing experience, you know, for a lot of people who come to the MBA program, even just picking where to go to school and like how to study was, uh, is a big thing as a young person. Like, how did you figure out that you wanted to study mechanical engineering? And how did you pick like UCLA? It's a great school, but uh, it's probably really far from Missouri. So would love to understand how you what you were going through and what were you thinking about it at that part of your life?
2: Yeah, in terms of mechanical engineering, I got influenced a lot by actually my grandfather he was a mechanic himself and growing up i he was still working when i was 10 you know eight years old and i went there and you know just watch him you know working on all these like CNC machines and late mm-hmm. and all that stuff and just got really interested and and then one of his things that he always talked to me about is he regret not having like a mechanical type of college degree. He never went to college. So I'm like the first one out of my family going to college and I don't represent him. And I picked that major. Didn't really know exactly what I like a lot, but that was one thing that stood out. Hey, I really want to do that. And that's why I picked mechanical engineering going to college. In terms of UCLA, I think LA is one of the things that kind of motivated me to move here. I didn't like I would just say I suffer a lot on the extreme weather in the Midwest mm. for like four years. So I want to move into somewhere that don't have a lot of snow. So that East Coast got brutal, out and UCL is just in the perfect spots of Los Angeles. It's just a great place to be.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. What was it like when you got on campus and coming from Missouri and going to boarding school? And now you're a college student in probably one of the biggest metro areas in LA. What was that like? I
2: think I got really overwhelmed by the whole different... The Metro vibe of UCLA and it's just a big school, right? It's just thousands of people versus mm-hmm. like back in high school, I knew almost everyone at school and I also knew a lot of people in town. It's, it's a mm-hmm. super small town, so everyone knows everyone else. So that was challenging for me going through college, actually just getting myself out there and that's kind of something that I learned and I took it with me, like Out of everything that I learned from college is you just have to throw yourself out there knowing that you probably don't know what you're getting yourself into, but you just have to believe in your your gut feeling that this is what you want to do and and where you want to be and and just do it. So I think I honestly, I don't think I did pretty well in college Mm. in terms of like academic, but like just that experience of like I'm jumping across, like out of my comfort zone is something I take with me mm-hmm. for, even to has. honestly, like the reason I go into has is I'm just getting out of my comfort zone constantly.
1: Well, Stanley, I, I know you're being a little bit modest because you did well enough to go to grad school, but you didn't stay at UCLA. You decided to go somewhere else. What was that decision like? And you went to grad school, like right after undergrad. So maybe could you explain a bit of how you were thinking and why you ended up making that decision?
2: Yeah. So I, I went to USC to, um, get my master in mechanical engineering. I think part of the reason was timing. I think at that time when I graduated, that was when the the job market was difficult and I was an international student. So honestly, that kind of pursued me into like, kind of get me into thinking that, Hey, it may be a good idea to just get like the master degree to just get better in like the whole mechanical engineering Mm -hmm. skill sets and all that kind of stuff. And, um, why I make that decision to just jump right into the grad school and, and it kind of worked out like during the grad school, I, I start internship at a company called Gamefly just to get myself out there and eventually get a, my first, you know, job at manufacturing Mm -hmm. right after grad school.
1: Could you share a bit about what was that experience like transitioning after grad school? You said you ended up going in, into work and what was that like transitioning from being a student and then now being like a business professional every day you're going to work, stuff like that?
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely different. There's like a lot of responsibility that as a student, you don't have to deal with. Getting yourself situated with all the financial stuff, just one thing, and then just getting to be responsible. Like it's not like late for homework anymore, late, mm-hmm. late for exam, this actual business, there's actually business impact for you not living up to your expectations or doing what you're supposed to do. So that's a big change. But I think, again, like going back to like my ex, you know, high school experience, like mm-hmm. just being independent, that helped me a lot in transitioning to the real world pretty quickly, especially getting exposed to very diverse people really early in my life just helped me to like get really just easy for me to like get along with a lot of other people Um, that helped me a lot at work honestly just to kind of understand like different culture really quickly in my life is, is pretty good so yeah
1: yeah stanley one of the questions i got and i think we had very similar experiences by the time you decided to do the mba program you already had a job and a career and a lot of success even academically. You have a family and for you, you were living in, you know, SoCal. So a great place to live. Why even go for the MBA? What were you thinking about and what was going through your mind as you were going through the application process?
2: One thing maybe something I mentioned already is I constantly want to get out of my comfort zone. And I constantly assess if I'm just getting too comfortable in one place. That kind of how I make the switch early in my professional career. Like I started off in a, a medical device company called Star mm-hmm. and I worked there for like two years and I, f- two things that I, I make a decision to, you know, change my job to manufacturing and it was the first thing is like, there's too many regulations in the pharmaceutical field. I don't know if other people agree with me, but I just don't feel like I can do what I want to do, given mm-hmm. that like FDA is always watching my back. <laughs> and the second thing is really like, I feel like I get comfortable at work, like knowing that you try to be safe rather than risk a lot, which is totally understandable in terms of like pharmaceutical. You want to always make sure that your product is as safe as possible for mm-hmm. patients or for anyone that they can use them. But at one point I also feel like, you know, I'm just getting too comfortable. I, I will be able to just do my job and I'll be able to get by day. And that, when I pressure myself, like, should I go some, somewhere more? having more freedom and that's why I switched job. And that kind of go into why I wanted like go to get MBA at Haas is I spent about six, seven years mm-hmm. in the same company in manufacturing and I just get too comfortable and I question myself like, Hey, can I do something different? And that's when I kind of like, I want to try technology, like the high technology industry. And I was like. MBA is one way to do it and why not try it? And that's how I picked that role.
1: What was the decision to go to Haas? You know, you'd already gone to UCLA and USC that have huge kind of networks in SoCal. What was your mind thinking about when you are gonna apply to Haas and what were some of the things that drew you to the program versus like maybe applying somewhere else?
2: Yeah, I think one thing is I kind of have like my mindset on pivoting to technology, like the tech industry. And I always that was before pandemic, so obviously like I was thinking about location a lot, location, location, right? So like just being in the center of the tech industries gonna help me a lot in just networking and doing all that kind of stuff that gonna help me career wise. And I think one of the principles, guiding kind of principles that has like challenged the status quo is actually I think I probably wrote that in my essay as well, like just kind of tied back to like I just always want to challenge my own status quo. Am I just being too comfortable at where I am right now? And that kind of I resonate a lot with that, and that's why I pick has. But another thing, again, is like location, and that was before pandemic. So after pandemic, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe that was not a super major <laughs> ones anymore. But no one knows pandemic gonna happens.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What did it feel like, Stanley, when you got accepted? I, I remember our first uh, orientation at, at Haas, but what was that like for you? And You stayed in uh, SoCal, so you ended up commuting. What was that like when you got off the plane or like when you stepped on campus? What was that experience like first time?
2: Yeah, I think I felt like uh, an outsider. I guess I, I have always had that kind of feeling all the time. Like, so I, it was like, one way, one side, I kind of get used to it. And then the other mm. side I was like, oh my God, they a new environment for me. It was like, it was the same thing when I go to the high school. It was like, okay, I, I was in a totally different environment. The same thing when I go to UCLA, you know, I was like, like a guy from Midwest. And then like going to Haas is I'm just going there and like, everyone is like super overachieved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, and then when I talked to people, they were like, oh my God, why am I even here? And and that's my thought going through, but. One really great thing, and I think that kind of lasts like an entire three years is like everyone seems very down to earth. And I think like Cass probably did a good job in just finding the people that kind of down to earth, like just like, good people to be with.
1: One of the things, Stanley, I think from your you have a lot of different aspects to your experience we'd love to talk through. Um, you know, one of them is probably the most obvious is probably the commuting, right? So or folks who don't know, for the evening weekend, especially the weekend MBA, a lot of students commute out from out of town, from the Bay Area, from Seattle or from SoCal or Arizona or, or Colorado, a lot of different places. Um, what was that experience like for you? Could you maybe just share what were you thinking about when you decided to go through the program and maybe what were some of the logistics that you had to manage on top of the program in terms of commuting? commuting in and out of the Bay area?
2: So I think in terms of commuting, the good thing is like, it's only an hour flights from LA to Berkeley. So that was like an easy in and out, like in the morning and night. And when you're just doing it yourself is you get used to it, you know, week in and week out. I would say to those that don't know, listening to this podcast right now, I have a family, I have a wife, I have two daughters right now. So mm-hmm. before I start the program, I had my, I only had my older one. My wife was pregnant already. So my mm-hmm. wife actually knew about the news of me getting into hass while she was probably like early in her pregnancy. So that was, I think, I just want to point out that was like the biggest thing that I have to manage the commute itself for me, like getting on the plane and getting to campus is actually the easiest part of community. Mm-hmm. The most difficult part is how to manage like the family part, like people that kind of, I was like kind of like left behind or right? especially for my wife that she has a newborn mm-hmm. by the time I actually had to go to, well, by the time I went to orientation, that was like, she was in her last month or two <laughs> in her pregnancy. So every time I was out there was like nervous, maybe something happened. And uh, one interesting thing was like, I actually still went to class, mm the day before her due dates. Her due date was Sunday and I went to class on Saturday. And then everyone <laughs> in the class was asking, why are you here, Stanley? Are you serious? And my wife was actually the one that telling me to go. Like she was healthy. She was like everything was good. And I was the one that asking her, Are you sure like I mm. should be here? Like I'm super nervous. And then she just told me like what are you gonna do? You're not really helping much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, like, at least I can give you like emotional support. And then she was uh-huh. like, I think the doctor gave me better support. <laughs> so that was the whole conversation that eventually I was like, okay, fine. I'll just go And And luckily, like everything works out. Like Mm-mm. nothing happened by the time yeah. of the next day I was, but besides all these jokes and funny moments, we did have a lot of, you know, tension just because there's like a newborn pandemic actually helped me a lot on the commute. There's a year or so that I didn't have to commute. So she was grateful for that particular reason. But there's a lot of like, you just have to manage expectations. I did a lot just to make sure she knows like what I'm doing. I would tell her what I'm doing. Class, what I'm doing for school. I would even print out my schedule, like my Mm. flight schedule, just so she visibly knows like what is coming in the coming weeks. Sometimes she disregarded, but at least that's something that just have to do to manage like expectation. But I would say again, like managing. Your family, friends, Mm. wherever close to you, that kind of, I would call them like left behind while you're doing your thing at house is the most difficult thing ever.
1: Yeah, I definitely had a similar experience. Schedule printing and setting your expectations. I feel definitely resonates. If it's any encouragement. It's definitely possible. It is Mm -hmm. definitely some tension. So it's good to think about, but absolutely a lot of positives, even with a lot of the difficulties. Stanley, you know, in the program, you were pretty involved. You were in a club and then you also decided even beforehand to do career pivoting. What was that like for you tangibly when you got to Haas? What kind of resources did you try to use? And you ended up actually pivoting and you're going to Amazon. What was that experience like going through that process of trying to like discover what you wanted to do and then eventually actually? getting a final job offer what was that process like
2: yeah, yeah it's it's actually interesting because i would say probably like the first semester i was just focused to make sure that i know i can pass the class so i didn't use a lot of career server servers besides like attending the typical workshop that i think they make us to go through like sit through but i would point out that i have my mindset i know a lot of people don't like really know so i may be different in terms of like i kind of have my mindset i want to do get into tech industry but it's interesting i actually did another pivot without probably people don't know because i was really passionate about finance and kind of like a fintech Um, Mm -hmm. i am still very interested in all this fintech product like all the credit karma means personal capital like all this different fintech it's super interesting i thought that was something i use on, on a daily basis and Really impact people's life a lot. Try to make things easier for people to manage their finance. Well. Mm-hmm. So initially, I actually thought about maybe I can just go into fintech. That would be super ideal. I still want to get into fintech right now. But one thing I did was like kind of in my second semester, is I started going into getting help from the CMG coaches, and I did a lot of networking. So when I went to the CMG coaches, uh, you know, I just lay out like, this is what I want to do. What do they think? They gave me a lot of like encouragement, you know, went to like resumes and interview prep and things like that. But it was really the networking that kind of got me to pivot. It was when I tried to like, the CMG coaches encouraged me to just go and, you know, talk to alumni within the fintech space. And I think I talked to maybe like five to 10 people that in the in-tech space, like someone from Nova Credit, like different people that have been, you know, two years or five, six, seven years in the, in the industry after Haas. They gave me a lot of good insights about what the industry looks like. But one of the alumni that I talked to really helped me to pivot. He was like, you know, Stanley, just to be honest with you, just because you're from Haas, you know, we're Mm -hmm. one-on-one. I want to be honest with you. When we hired people in FinTech. We're looking for people with technology background or someone with finance background or some sort of mix or or something like that. And you don't have any. And he said, there's no reason you just have to jump here. And that got me thinking a lot. Do I always have to pivot directly to something I want to do 10, 20 years down the road? Mm -hmm. Or is there always something that I could go to? And that's gave me a chance to sit back and kind of step back and say, do I want to risk everything to get to the ultimate goal? Or is there something in between that I can do? And that kind of get me back into like, maybe I can go to like big tech first. And big tech has a lot of different things within their arm. Apple has Fintech. Amazon has their payment Google has their payment. All these different company may be a step, stepping stone for me to go to the next step. And actually for me to, you know, test out if I really have that thing with the fintech that is, is is it really what I want to do? And that's kind of, so I actually did another internal, just within myself pivot. Okay. Okay. Maybe I, I shouldn't do fintech. Like that happened within like the later part of my first year and then going into the second year.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. You know, what was it like when you, so you pivoted and internally you were saying, okay, now I want to go to a big tech firm. What was it like actually going through that process, doing uh, recruiting and going through interviews and resume preps and all of those things? What was that experience like? And you know, how was you ended up being successful at Amazon? What was that experience like for you going through that process? And do you have any like recommendations for folks as they're going through that process or thinking about doing something similar?
2: Yeah, I think once I determined that after my first year, during the summer, I start going back to the CMG coaches and I was mm. like, Hey, initially that's what I think, and now after talking to alumni, this is what I think I'm thinking right now, I just want to reach out for Big Tech solo. And then I end up having a lot of changes in my resumes and, and all that kind of stuff, because you just always have to cater tailored to exactly what you want to do. And at that point, there are two things that I guess like the CMG coaches or the industry people at CMG tell me is there are two routes you can take. You can always go for like full-time, or you can also do like internship after your second year and then transition to a full-time after you actually finish your MBA in in three years. So that was actually a debate because with, for me and and for my family, because like, of course, like pivoting to full-time role directly is good because mm-hmm. there's no gap in between and you really just, but the part is like, it's just because you're, you're pivoting directly. So they're not going to see you as a student, but as your background and your skill, and I don't want to say is it's not possible because I think I've seen people that could do it, but at that time I actually had to make a decision myself, is that what I want to do? Or is that one at different risk is it's also there's a risk because if I'd go internship. There's no guarantee for return offer and um, there could be a loss of income in between. And for people like me that have family and, you know, have two kids that they they still have to eat and do everything they need to do, just kind of a lot of risks I have to think about. So I actually take quite, you know, a couple of months just to go through that and talk to my wife and like. Do we think, what's the worst case scenario? Do we think we can do it? Do you, and then of course there's a lot of discussions. I would even say like there could be like, there's probably had like arguments and just, what should I do? I think eventually I decided to wait more of my time to internship route versus like just going directly to full time, taking the risk that there could be loss of income or things like that in between. And I think the reason. The reason was that I also want to test out if I, if it is really what I want to do, or so that's why I take that internship route. And so once I set that in stone, okay, I'm just going to focus on that. That's when I kind of go through like the whole recruiting process applied through the CMG career, you know, websites, the job post, and Mm -hmm. then go to a lot of CMG coaches to do my resume and also do a lot of networking. So that was like a big thing. Like you just had to do a lot of networking to understand if the role is what you want to do and, or if the company is what you want to go into. And then we talk about, I think you you mentioned that I was involved in the tech club, Mm -hmm. that's when I make a decision that I should be getting even more involved, especially in like the career part of it, just so that I can get myself out there. There's a lot of, I just want to get myself out there. And then the worst case is nothing. I always tell myself like the worst case is, is like a status quo. I'm just doing what I'm doing. Like nothing happened. It's pretty much the worst case. Nothing that you have done would make it even worse. You haven't done anything. So that's why I always just try to throw myself out there and get involved in the club, organize like some sort of workshop. And I also focus on. Going into product management, just because I have the taste of that in the manufacturing industries so mm-hmm. as a product manager, but I knew it's different in the tech industry in terms of how they, it's the product manager role is defined very broadly and loosely across different industries. And even within tech industry it's defined based on however the company thing is best fits. It's not always a one-to-one direct translation, I guess. So I did a lot of just talk to all the people. I think networking is a key thing. I end up recruiting interview and get the role internship role at a data backup company called Feritas. And I think part of the reason was I network and talked to some of the alumni that actually went to the internship. And then I think the manager, once the manager knew that I talked to that person that he actually hired before, the conversation just went very smooth. Like mm-hmm. it was like, just changed very quickly to more like conversational interview than the hardcore interview. And, and felt like he never told me if that was the reason, but I felt like <laughs> that was like a moment I felt like, oh, it's the conversation actually went really well. Like after I told him all the things I learned from the other online. So, you know, I definitely encourage networking is one big thing. And actually it's interesting because I, during the internship recruiting process, I actually interviewed for Amazon as well. Mm-hmm. But I did not, it was like a timing issues where both of them, I had the interview for the internship I took eventually first. And then I think one or two weeks later, I had my Amazon interview. And then my first interview, actually the company that eventually hired me was like, you have to make a decision if you want to just reject our offer and go to Amazon That's fine, or take our offer. And I just took their offer. Because I also felt like I want to try something different first. I felt like the big tech opportunities always come around. But something different from like a big tech, the smaller private tech companies is not always there. Taking that offer. And I, I actually, I, I was, I'm was, i really grateful that I took that chance just to get an internship instead of like going along with Amazon. Because I, I passed the first round of interviews. So mm-hmm. I, I guess there was like a 50% chance of, of me getting that internship. But that internship helped me to make up my mind that I want to go to the big tech. That was one of the reasons. And then going into the third year is when I go all in and go into like the full-time recruiting, just go to submit my resumes and then go through the interviews and continuously still, you know, practice interviews with like CMG. And then one thing I just want to mention is like, one thing really great about UWMB is you have a lot of classmates that actually work at companies that you want. I think I heard some jokes about everyone just want to take everyone else's jobs. (laughs) Like like we should all switch jobs, honestly, because that's what people, oh, you're working at, like for me, oh, you're working at Amazon. That's actually what I want to do. And then the Amazon guy was like, oh, I actually want to work for your company. Like, like, I heard like a lot a of these conversations going on now. Yeah, you, <laughs> you should just do like an open, I don't know, audition or something. It's okay, here's like open positions and just switch jobs and be done with it, right? <laughs> Rather than going through all that. But, <laughs> but one thing I want to point out is that means that you have a lot of people in your disposal to go talk to them and get tips and get like information about what you do. One thing I felt like I contributed a lot of my success in getting that, offer from Amazon to all my friends and um, all my classmates at Amazon because I actually went to them and say, can you interview me? Mm. So I actually went through like a trial interviews with people actually working at Amazon for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever time that they can give. I just took them. And then that helped me a lot when I went into the interview. And I, I would say it's kind of difficult. If you think about it, it will be difficult when you do that not at school, because at school is, I could even ask them like after the project meeting, right? Yeah. You stay for like, another 10 minutes. That's something that you wouldn't be able to do, you know, oh. after five, six years when everyone just, you know, <laughs> deep dive in, dive into what they're doing at work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, Stanley. Uh, love to touch base on just now that you're you and I are both done with the MBA program. We've officially graduated, and uh, you walked, so you experienced that. What does it feel like to be on the other side now and going to be starting this new new life and at a huge, probably one of the biggest, you know, global companies? Now, what does that feel like?
2: I think I felt like the same feeling of starting the MBA program. Like you don't know what you're getting yourself into a little bit, and it was like a totally different set of people, I guess I've worked different company, same thing as going to the MBA program, like the first orientation day, I think that would be my day one at Amazon. That's how I kind of felt. But I also missed the days I was at Haas for that three years. I guess there's a lot of privilege and just super fun to be a student. I guess we talk a lot about like student always, but it's just hard to replicate the fact that you are a student. You're in a protected environment to do whatever you want. You have a lot of leeway to fail and mm-hmm. super okay with it versus like when you're in the real world, that's a lot of risk when you do that. Yeah. But that's, so this is kind of like a mixed feeling. I'm I'm also, you know, excited about like, I feel like super lucky and, and mm-hmm. really thankful for all the help from the CMG mm-hmm. and also like my classmates and friends that I make it has this, I actually, actually get what I plan to going into the program and super thankful about it.
1: Well, Stanley, we have a tradition on the podcast. We have a lightning round where we just ask some kind of fun, uh, short questions at the end of a podcast interview. Uh, If you're up for it, I'd love to go through a lightning round and then we'll be at the end of our podcast.
2: Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that, but yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So maybe an interesting question. Number one, my personal favorite question. What was one of your favorite places to eat at when you were in Berkeley?
2: It's actually the, oh, I forgot the name, but it's like the, what they call the Asian slum, like uh, the little Asian, plaza. I, I think like, it's called
1: Asian ghetto. Asian uh, ghetto. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then there's like a like Italian restaurants that was-
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, good one. That's a Berkeley staple. Yeah. Another question, Stanley. What's one of your favorite memories from the MBA program?
2: We lead. This is one of my favorite retreat that we had. Honestly, I would say now that I graduate, it was not the best planning event. <laughs> By school. And we, I can probably also say that like I ditched the schedule event that they plan out. I was late for dinner and party, but it was like the best things I have done with mm. a lot of friends just doing random things around Richard.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Next question. Uh, what's one piece of advice, uh, personal or professional, that you'd give to someone else? Don't be
2: afraid to step out of your comfort zone. That's what you really meant to be. You only have a finite amount of time and everyone dies, <laughs> um, mm. you just have to get out of the comfort zone. That's, you will always remember when you get out of the comfort zone. You probably don't remember when you are in the comfort zone.
1: That's great advice. And last question, Stanley, what's one thing that gets you excited about the future?
2: Um, I guess my new job, but I'm actually really excited about my kids in Seattle like the whole nature things that they have. They have a lot of trees. I'm actually super excited about them just having fun. Hopefully it's not my wishful thinking, but Mm. (laughs) but that's why I'm really excited, you know, just seeing them growing up there.
1: Well, Stanley, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Again, congratulations. Super excited for you. Thank you. Great to have you. And we, we wish you all the best in the future.
2: Thank you. It was awesome to be
0: here. Thank you, Chris. As a reminder, head over to clever.fm forward slash Haas to ask your questions, connect with other listeners, and leave your thoughts. The guest will also be there to help continue the dialogue. The URL is in the show notes, so meet us at clever.fm forward slash Haas. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the One Haas Podcast. If you enjoyed our show today, please remember to hit that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast player. We'd also really appreciate you giving us a five-star rating and review. If you're looking for more content, please check out our website at haas.fm. That's spelled H-A-A-S dot F-M. There, you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter and check out some of our other Berkeley Haas podcasts. And until next time, go Bears!